0: Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast, where we talk to mental health professionals, educators, and advocates. No Shame on You is a 501c3 organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. Our goal is for people who need help to seek it, for family members and friends to know how to provide proper support and to save lives. Now, here's your host, No Shame on You's founder and president, Miriam Ament. Welcome to the 21st podcast of No Shame on You, an organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising mental health awareness. My name is Miriam Ament, and I am the founder of No Shame on You. Today, I am thrilled we are joined by Paige Goldmarsh, the Chicago and Midwest Director of Moving Traditions, an organization that helps teens navigate the world, which, as we all know, is especially important at this critical time. Hi, Paige. So wonderful to have you here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Uh, First, how are you doing during these uh, most extraordinary times in our world?
1: (laughs) I'm doing okay. Uh, You know, ups and downs, really. Um, I'm really lucky. I have my family at home, my wife, my almost two-year-old, baby on the way, God willing, in May. Um, I have my in-laws here in Chicago who support us in so many great ways. Wonderful. Um, and the, everyone that I just listed is kind of an escape from reality <laughs> in uh in 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 ways that uh very different ways, but mostly my daughter. Um I also I have two jobs I love. Uh I am the uh I am the let get this right, the educator and Rebitson, so rabbi's wife, um, at Silverstein Base Hillel, Lincoln Park. And I'm um, also, as you mentioned, I am the Chicago and Midwest director at Movie Traditions and I love my jobs. I feel so lucky to have them. And then there's times where I feel sad. You know, my, <laughs> my parents are on the East Coast, right? Everyone has these, these times right. right now. Um my parents and my Nana are on the East Coast. My brother and his wife are in Arkansas. Uh, so spend uh, time with them as much as we can. Right. Um, it's not the same. Lost my grandfather to COVID in May. Uh, and sorry so oh. yeah, thank you. It's 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 we haven't had any. Family closure. I feel like I'm gonna get emotional. Um, we we haven't had that 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 closure. You know, we were able to have uh family time over Christmas and over Thanksgiving. Um, but I'm looking forward to being able to travel again and go to his uh to go to the cemetery and be with my family and really have some time to to spend together.
0: Right. Oh, I'm sure that that'll be so meaningful and hopefully that could happen soon. Well, I'm sorry so. that you experienced that. Yeah, I'm sorry you experienced that, but I'm glad you also have some very exciting things coming up uh, to look forward to, so. Oh yeah. Um, so circling back to um, your work with moving traditions, can you tell us about your background and how you came to work with teens?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm a lifelong Jewish professional. I have my master's in Jewish communal service. I've worked with teens and college students. Um, I've worked with synagogue members and I worked with bone marrow donors all under a Jewish lens Um, and but most of my work has been in the Hillel world so the last 10 years working in Hillel in different capacities Um, and one of my favorite things was watching the transition of the first years the freshmen to seniors right and seeing them grow into understanding themselves and understanding their needs over those four years sometimes five years and and I was able to, with this job, with this new job at Moving Traditions, transition into this teen space where I'm mainly working with partners, educational partners, which are our our clergy and our educators um, and helping them support their teens and their families through all of our Moving Traditions programs. But what's so cool about this transition into this teen space is I get to see our programs provide opportunities um, for teens to build their Jewish confidence, which can go directly from the growth of their own personal confidence through our different programming. Um, so this means that the teens are more prepared to enter their adult years, in this case, their college years or their post-high school years, knowing themselves better and knowing how to interact with others better. Right. It's um it's 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 very cool to, to be able to, to, to see that. Um and so they can come onto campus after they've uh, gone through our programs for between one and five years with this Jewish and this personal confidence. Um, and they can create community with other Jews uh, on campus because they were able to do it with their moving traditions programs. And that connection between supporting our educators to do that type of thing with our programs um, and the work I used to do and continue to do with with uh, Hillel is just, it's just a beautiful, um, moment to see it all coming together.
0: That's amazing. And the fact that you're instilling confidence in in teens and youth is so important, especially these days when there's so much going on and depression and anxiety are on the rise to mm. be able to help foster that is I think huge. So thank you for being a part of helping our youth.
1: i'm I'm grateful to be able to be in within that transition period before and after.
0: Yeah, that's really neat that you can kind of see it through. So mm-hmm. what are some of the uh, programs you do with moving traditions?
1: So I'm going to share with you our mission statement because, as sure. mission statements do, they it encompasses what we do. Um, right. So I'm going to just read from right from here. So it's moving traditions, emboldens youth by fostering self-discovery, challenging sexism, and inspiring a commitment to Jewish life and learning. So it's a, it tells you what we do, right? Yeah. Um, sure. So moving traditions programs for both teens and preteens and their families, which I'll tell you about very soon, Uh, were created to support Jewish educators and the Jewish community uh, during a critical time in the lives of sixth through 12th graders. Um, And the way it it works is it connects the uh, issues that teens most care about. So body image and social and academic pressures, it connects it to Jewish values. So I'm gonna tell you the programs that we do um and if you have any questions please ask me um so moving traditions immersive teen groups are the following there's rosh Chodesh for female identified teens there's chevet for male identified teens selim for trans and non-binary teens and selim plus for lgbtq plus teens and all the programs are facilitated by a mentor a trained mentor trained by moving traditions and that that mentor gives the teens an adult to connect with and to rely on as they're also connecting with their peers in their group. So what's what's cool about this is some of our teens stay in touch with their mentors even after the program's over. And I'm also learning now that there are teens, well, they were teens, now they're, they're they graduated from college, who are becoming mentors themselves. They're becoming wow. group leaders for our groups. That's right. Really and to be able to hear that and hear their stories um gives gives that meaning of it's not just the program's over, but the program continues.
0: Right. Right. And it illustrates the impact that the program had on them that they then want to continue and and utilize what they learned in the program mm-hmm. to then for the next you know generation or the next group of kids that they can they can t- um, meet with. That's amazing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is awesome. Um, yeah, we've they're, they're they're really it's it's a it's an amazing uh, program to to see uh, and hear about as they're as it's taking shape and as it continues. Um, another one of our programs that I love to share is our Co-Collaborative Feminist Fellowship, which is for tenth through twelfth grade feminists, and these teens um, want to expand their social justice knowledge and action through a cohort opportunity and by creating their own social change project over the course of the program, over the year. So this year I happen to be uh, one of the group leaders for right. uh, in this case, the, the West Coast cohort. So I'm working with 18 feminists and they are pursuing all different types of projects. Uh, one project in particular, we have a group of three teens who came as their returning fellows this year. So they are, started their project and they're continuing it this year and it is about body image. They created a website where they collect articles, they collect stories um, from teens about body image, Um, and they have different topics every month. Yeah, Uh, and so it's, I'll give them a shout out if you wanna go on Instagram and follow them. Their handle, I think it's called the handle, is at your body, your image. And on that Instagram, you can actually find their website. And find their stories. And anyone who wants to add in and talk about their own stories, they can um, they can submit them to to these teens. Um, I, so I met with them last night, and I'm absolutely blown away by them. They are <laughs> t- knowing what I was like as a teen, and <laughs> knowing what they're like as a teen is they they've just made such such growth into what's important to them. And uh, last night we got to learn about two, two teens taught about trans feminism, and two teens taught about abortion last night. Oh, and wow. it was so informative. And they taught with a Jewish lens, so you get to learn about what it what does Judaism say, right, about these topics, right? So that's that's what we get to do with our with our Kokolini fellows. Amazing. Um, I I want to let me tell you about our B'nai Mitzvah program. Sure. Uh, because I think that's, and then I want to talk a little bit about selim which is, as I said, the LGBTQ and non trans non-binary group. Sure. So our B'nai Mitzvah program, which is run for sixth and seventh graders, is run mainly for uh mainly through synagogues, but can be run through any Jewish organization that works with sixth and seventh grade families. Um, and it brings together parents and, and preteens in conversation and then also provides sessions for the preteens to talk with their teachers um, on certain topics. So it's been around for around five years and it came out of discussions with clergy and educators looking to provide a deeper connection to this rite of passage that so many Jewish teens go through. Um, So some of the sessions include discussions and activities around, why am I doing this? And that's actually the topic, that's actually the session title, why am I doing this? Right. Um, How to navigate being the center of attention uh, getting dressed uh, for your own and your friends' b'nai mitzvahs, and then of course talking about the multitude of feelings that b'nai mitzvah teens um, have as they're preparing and going through through their b'nai mitzvah.
0: Right. That sounds great. Very it's nice. It is
1: great. I've actually sat in on a few sessions of, uh, here in Chicago and uh, and taught and helped lead a few of them, so okay. I got to really experience what it is that they do as families.
0: Wonderful. Really nice. Yeah. yeah. And I think covers a lot of the different aspects that go along with the B'nai Mitzvah period in, in both a teen's life and their family's life.
1: Oh, yeah. And bringing the families in leads to discussion. You know, it right. leads to them being able to look at each other and say, how are you feeling about this? Oh, and how are you feeling about this? And how often does that happen if you're not, if you're not in a structured conversation? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, but I also, as I said, I want to talk about Salem because sure. when we were preparing for this, you asked me to talk about the LGBTQ group specifically. So I want to make sure I, I talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so it, as a reminder, there's, there's two groups, there's the trans and non-binary group, and then there's the LGBTQ group. This past year, I started the Chicagoland LGBTQ group because I didn't see, uh, or hear of a, a cohort based group that uh, for, for Jews who identified as queer in Chicago. Figured, why not make it? Why not right. see? We have in LA, we already had a group like this. So, and it was proven successful. So let's try it in Chicago and see. So now we have eight teens who wow. meet once with The fantastic group leader. Again, yeah. trained by us, right. who uses our curriculum and is able to, to lead this group. Hopefully they'll be able to meet in person next year for their second year that's you know fingers crossed um yeah. but the the group um what's so great about these groups is that they they often queer youth can't find a place in the Jewish community and the idea of this is to bring your queerness and to bring your Judaism together and talk about why what is it? What it, talk about being a teen, but also talking about what it is to be a Jewish teen, right? Um, and I actually have a couple of quotes that I would love to read um, to be able to give you an idea. So, <clears throat> so there's there's three of them. So the first teen said, "Being in Selim helped me think about how I want to be perceived in the world, and how I can do this through religious and gender identity." Beautiful. <laughs> I get like chills when I hear these. Yeah, no, um, because of Selim, I feel. Uh, I feel less isolated from fellow, fellow trans Jews. And then the last teen said, Selim inspired me to reach out and make local community of queer Jews to support me in a way other online groups do not and really showed me how much I needed that.
0: Wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That speaks to the wonderful work you're doing and Moving Traditions does, that you're you're connecting people and, and connecting teens and making them feel such a sense of belonging.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really interesting to to be able to work with the the sixth grade families or the educators of sixth graders from in, in my case through twelfth grade, and we have communities around um, the U.S. that run all of our programs some, from sixth through twelfth grade, and to be able to see and hear about how they've been able to transition from b'nai mitzvah into the the other groups. And that includes saying, hey, there is the Chicago group. If anyone wants to join it, please, because there aren't uh, a, um, I'm trying to think what the word is. Uh, there isn't a um, a critical mass of out queer Jews at many synagogues. Right. And so for them to be able to say, hey, we support this, we want you to know about this, then they can come and join the group between eighth and 12th grade.
0: That's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, I mean, and so meaningful and, and so nice to know that that's out there and you're providing that for so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, really remarkable, thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: I'm, um, I'm glad we can do it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad too. Um, along those lines, we talked about, um, in terms of, of connectedness and belonging, uh, we talked about, I touched on before, depression and anxiety were on the rise among teens before the pandemic. Now, uh, with the pandemic, there's an even bigger teen mental health crisis. Um, due to isolation and, and all the stuff that's going on with with COVID. Um, in your work, have you seen the impact that the connectedness can have on teens, especially in terms yeah. of mental health?
1: Yeah, I, I have. And so I will share that I started this job on March 4th, 2020. So two weeks before, at least Chicago, went into right. right. lockdown.
0: down. Right. So
1: all, all I know <laughs> is the pandemic approach. Of right. COVID-19. Obviously I know of how it worked before, but I, I've only been immersed in a pandemic
0: approach. Right. So I
1: make sure that that's very clear. Um, um, but the way we've always been focused on the mental health of our um of our teens and our preteens and their families. And one thing that we did this year that was was a change was all of our programs happen in person, normally. Right. And so, what we did was all of our in-person pro- curriculum moved to an online curriculum. So one of my, my colleagues calls it webifying. We webified, okay. right? It's, it's the Pam the Pam word, um, and we webified all of our curriculum to be used online. And that meant that our educational partners that we work with could run Moving Traditions programs, even as they themselves moved online. They could run it with no problems. They could take the curriculum, read through it, make sure they were using the Padlet or using the whiteboard or using the activity. We gave it to them and said here, just like we did with all of our other programs. And because we wanted to, we knew they were taking care of their uh, constituents, their members, we wanted to take care of them. We wanted to watch for their, their own mental health so that they can continue to do the incredibly important work that they do every single day. So that was that was how we shifted um, our work. Um, but to talk about uh, moving traditions and and our approach, because again, we've been doing this since the beginning, is taking care of of mental health um, of of our <clears throat> of our teens right. uh, and and families. And um, so I want to give just a little background on that. So sure. we so moving traditions. Um, uses social emotional learning or SEL right. as a basis off which all of our programs are are created. So if this wasn't a podcast, I would share my screen and I'd show you the the chart for SEL. Um, right. So I'm just name I'm going to name the the pillars of them. So self management, self awareness, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision making. Uh, our sixth through 12th grade participants are going through all versions, all versions of identity exploration information and Moving Traditions addresses this using these SEL pillars. Um, Excuse me. So I I like to direct this to B'nai Mitzvah um, because our parents, as I said before, our, our, our parents, and the teens are meeting together and having those conversations and our teens are having these separate conversations within their classroom. Um, and one of the biggest pieces, again, before pandemic and now, is addressing the idea of mourning and grieving the move from childhood to teenhood. So you've got all these expectations of what it's like to be a child and a parent to a child, leaving that behind and then entering into this teenhood where there are new expectations of what right. it's like to be a teen and to be a parent to a teen. Um, so before the pandemic, we were in cre- creating sessions um, that engaged all of these uh, all of these folks intentionally and in a structured conversation um, and activities. And now in the pandemic, um, we're doing the same thing, but we're adding more sessions that speak to Pandemic life. So, one of our, one of my favorite, actually, f- favorite uh, sessions is How to Connect When You're Never Apart, uh, which I think is a very creative title. Yeah. And like it uses the love languages, which some people have never heard of. Right. Um, some people abide by them. They are right. the, <laughs> the Bible, right? Right. Um, and it uses the love languages for a mode of communication to be able to understand each other's wants and needs. Um, and so that that has been uh, one of my favorite sessions to share with our with our educators. And they they can lead it just with their with their preteens and teens. It could be used for any age. And then we also um, invite it as a it's a it's mainly a family session. So the families get to, to talk. So um, as as I said, there are discussions between the parents and teens and that I'm I've been on a few of those uh, calls. And I get to see the survey results afterwards because we want we want feedback. How did this go? We want the educators to know, you know, how was it for you? And yeah. often, uh, more often than not, one of the favorite the favorite part of the session is when they get to turn to their teen and say and tell them something. Talk to them. Talk to them about what whatever it was was important to them. Um, that, that's that was that's becomes the favorite part of the whole session. So we make sure that there's always those moments of of having um those discussions
0: wonderful That's yeah awesome.
1: it's, very, it's very special and important yeah. um and i can tell you how that applies within our um teen programming sure um so like trying to <laughs> trying to, to breathe at the same time pregnancy um right. <laughs> so I, I, so i could I could talk about you know, the experience of the A through 12th graders. I'm not an A through 12th grader. I don't have an A through 12th grader. So right. instead, I'm gonna actually just tell you um, stories that were told to me, because that I think gives you a better idea of the, of the experience. So I asked my colleagues, uh, some of them who are actually group leaders uh during the pandemic, they've were group leaders before and right. they are now leaders now, working with these teams directly. Usually they were meeting in person, now they're meeting online. And so just to share some of their stories and and how uh, pre-pandemic and during pandemic, uh, everyone's mental health is trying. We're trying to take care of it. Right. Um, so one of the stories that my colleague shared was there was a bunk at an overnight camp that loved each other, absolutely loved each other and loved their counselor. And so when they finished camp for the summer, they said, how can we stay together? How can we still see each other and uh, still see our camp counselors? So they started a rosh Hodesh group. Oh, Uh, moving traditions trained the group leader um, and they started meeting. And one of the teens uh, started cutting. They said, and the the therapist, her her therapist said, you need to tell your friends so they can support you. Right. Instead of going to her high school friends who she had known for years and years and years, she went to her Rosh Chodesh group. She went and talked to them. And shared this with them because they had created a safe space and they had created an open line of communication and a space for her to feel comfortable, for anyone in the group to feel comfortable and be vulnerable and share something so personal. And that I think speaks to the power of a Rosh Hodesh group,
0: speaks to
1: the power of Shevet and Selim and all the different groups that we run that they get to, that these teens are, they go to their friends who they've met, even if they've never known them before. They right. now have created this space for them,
0: right? Um, and there's such a closeness there that they feel comfortable. That's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, and they, it's this and you know in this case they had spent the summer together, so they've really gotten to know each other. Right. But often they the first time they meet in the rosh chodesh group is the first time they meet each other. Sometimes right. they've gone to Hebrew school together for a long time, but um, sometimes they're completely new groups. Right. So yeah, uh, and I think that's a that's a real testament to to the programs.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, it's I, I hadn't heard that story until the other day. So I'm, I'm glad that, that it was shared with me, too. Yeah. Um, And we we actually do a, a end of year a mid-year survey and end-year survey. We just got the results from them. So I figured I would share some oh. of those uh, some of those um, feelings. So one of the, the questions was when I finish my team group meeting, I feel dot dot. dot Uh, relieved knowing that others have similar experiences and that I'm not alone. I feel better about my day, even if I was having a bad day, being around people and talking with them makes my day feel a little better. I feel rejuvenated, enlightened, and overall simply more happy and complete. I feel glad to be able to check in. When I finish my teen group meeting, I feel safe. Wow. Yeah. That's a problem. And those are pandemic specific. That is... Um, December, yeah. January results. That's, and that's how, and that's how these, these teens are feeling. Wow. That, thank and you for
0: sharing that. That's really powerful. Um, safe really gives me, because um, that's mm-hmm. so these days to feel safe. Um, I mean, all of those words that you described, but that, that one really um, resonated. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that all the positive feelings that, that the teens get from, from participating in your groups. So that's, that's just wonderful. And mm-hmm. so, like you said, and speaks to, the wonderful things you're doing. Um, so thank you for that. Um, so in in terms of how the, the impact the moving, moving Traditions can have, uh, we we spoke before we got on the air about a relative that you have with a mental health condition. And I was wondering, how do you think an organization like Moving Traditions could have helped him had he been introduced to it as a teen?
1: So actually, I talked to my brother, my brother is, is the person uh, we spoke about. I talked to him and he said, say whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, he happens to be my best friend. We lived together for five years. You know, it's, it's, and that was out, outside of my parents' house. So right. we, you know, we talk every day. So it's, he just said, whatever you want, it's totally fine. So a little background is he's 39. He's bipolar. Uh, he's been going to therapy since he was 12. And, um, and I, I asked him questions about how he would feel. So um, something that I was able to do I've been able to do over the last however many years it's been since he was 12 <laughs> is um I've watched his his progression, um his episodes of mania, his decision to be hospitalized, right? Right before we moved in together, actually. Um, his strength to try new things. I'm really proud of my brother. Right. Um, his decision to fly to my wedding when he hadn't been on a plane for 19 years.
0: Oh wow. I
1: asked him to, and he had been he, he was doing a lot better. Um, and his own marriage, which we didn't know if, if he was going to get married, weren't sure if he was going to be able to do that. And he married a friend of mine actually, who is, yeah, I know, (laughs) Uh I know I didn't expect it, but it it's amazing. She and, and then they support each other and they are just so good for each other. And that's all I can ask for to make, make sure my best friend feels supported and taken care of then she's the right person.
0: Right, exactly. Um,
1: so so I asked him, I asked him about about Chevette um, and how it would have helped him when he was a teen. My brother was a social butterfly. You know, he could go from from friend group to friend group. Um, but he said, you know, if if he had had a group like Chevette he would have felt less alone, um, talking about issues, sharing problems and solutions. Um, it's something he said he would have really appreciated. I I want to say that the Sheva group is not there to bring out mental health conditions of boys. That is not what you know. We're not there to to do that. Um, But often it can happen. uh, People become more public with it because, as we know, there is a power in talking, right? uh, And 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 doing activities together and getting to bond over certain things, um, and discussing what it's like to be a teen boy, right? And so. He had he he said he would have really appreciated a space for a stable um monthly gathering opportunity, it would have been powerful for him, is what he is what he said. And thank God there's something like that this now.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, so
1: for anyone who is who who is in the same similar situation as him and and anywhere across the the teenage boyhood spectrum of of, uh, of experience can have a, a, a place like this to to go and to tend to feel and to feel as we said the word before safe,
0: right? Safe and connected. And you you mentioned that he said um, he wouldn't have felt so alone. And I think mm-hmm. um, feeling alone can be the basis of so many uh, you know mental health. And I understand while Moving Traditions isn't a mental health uh, program or you know organization, what it does is provide support. And, and I think even helps prevent that feeling of aloneness, which can lead Mm -hmm. to all sorts of other things. So, you know, thank you to you and your team and your colleagues for all of the wonderful work you do to really help support teens and make them feel connected and and a sense of belonging when it was already hard before the pandemic. And now in this, in this pandemic world, it's even that much harder. So Mm -hmm. grateful uh, to know you're around and, and I hope, um, you know, by doing this, we're we're spreading the word about the great work you do. Um, thank you. <laughs> before we uh, thank you. Before we sign off, um, is there anything else you'd like to share? And where can people find out more about Moving Traditions?
1: Sure. So, MovingTraditions.org is our website. Easy enough, right? Yeah. The harder part is if you want to contact me. So, if you know how to spell my name, it's P Goldmarsh at MovingTraditions.org. So, if you you can find my name on the website, you can find my name anywhere. It's it's out there, um, so that's that's the first thing. Is if you want more information, you can contact me. You can go on our website. Um, our website has all different types of things on it, so um, feel free to to peruse that. Um, I I will say that I'm always looking to start new teen groups and b'nai mitzvah programs. So wherever you are in the United States and Canada, if it's not me in the Midwest slash Chicago, as my title is. Uh, I have colleagues all over the United States who would love to, to talk about bringing these programs to either your synagogue, to your community. Um, we also run independent team groups that are not attached to a Jewish organization. Um, we call them community groups. Uh, our LGBTQ group happens to be one of those in Chicago. And so I'm always happy to have those conversations. Um, our Koko New Feminist Fellowship application goes out in the next few months. And so if you have any teen feminists who are going into 10th through 12th grade next year, I'm happy to be in touch, talk about it, talk with them directly about the program. And then finally, we have responsive curriculum. So if you're not currently a partner or if you're looking for something to talk about with your families, with your teens, um, if you go on our website, you can f- just have to register for it. It's free, but you can get the responsive curriculum. And if you really like it, which I know you will, uh, you can contact us and we can bring the full program to your to your community.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing all that. And thank you for all that you do and Moving Tradition does. And um, we were so honored to have you on here today and good luck. I know you have some really exciting things coming up. So,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. you know,
0: Excited to hear some news in May. And, um, you know, just be well. And thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, too, Miriam. Thanks for doing what you do.
0: Oh, my pleasure.